and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. I'm joined once again by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. And in today's episode of The Schism we're going to be analysing the movie Leave the World Behind and looking into the very real possibility of a worldwide cyber attack IRL. Mm, Don't shit yourselves everyone. It's coming. Mm. (laughs) Now Klaus Schwab from the WEF gave us plenty of warning. He's been talking about a cyber attack for quite a few years now. I've been trying to warn them. He's been saying that a cyber attack is imminent. We actually wanted to play the short clip, the infamous clip now, of him saying that. And I hope it comes out okay on the mic. But to really get the full supervillain evilness, an impression just wouldn't do. Because any impression that either of us do do, it's less James Bond villain than the real thing. Yeah. It doesn't get more evil than this, folks. Here he is. The man, the legend, the possible reptilian, Klaus Schwab. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. Jesus. Yeah, whatever, but Schwab. For someone that helped orchestrate the whole fake pandemic, he can't say COVID-19 very well, can he? No. COVID-19. He can barely say the, say the word. What's going on? I thought he said Colgate. I love the bit where he, he, he literally says... Z. <laughs> Why does it sound like a threat? Mm. Like COVID would be a small disturbance. Like COVID was nothing compared to what we have stored for you. Well, we, all <laughs> know, we all know how much COVID frightened the average person. So the average person hears that something's coming that's worse than COVID. Yeah. And he's been quoted quite a few times, like always comparing the two. We, we read something earlier, didn't we? Like a headline that said, a cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics. It's like, oh my God. What, in the fact that it's just a, a psyop? <laughs> or the fact it's not even real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Told you it was like COVID. But yeah, he, he, he can't say the word very well. But he is, it, it's like he's not just forewarning you. It's like he's saying, you know. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it sounds like he's behind it. <laughs> it sounds like an evil villain when they're telling you their plan. You know, like in uh, Austin Powers, he's like, why do you always tell him the plan? You just don't get it, do you, Scott? <laughs> I'm going to put them in an easily escapable situation and just hope everything goes to plan. What, what? But yeah, Klaus Schwab's the same. He can't help but tell you. You sort of think, why give people that sound bite? Mm. Like a small disturbance. Like You sound so fucking evil. Like, why are you giving the world this fucking evil plan on a plate? Where you sound like a James Bond villain. You know, of all the elected people that are head of the forum, why did it land on Schwab? I mean, they could have chose someone who had a bit of a softer voice, 
It's going to be a cyber attack, everyone. Yeah. Calm down. It would bring a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. See that? That scares me. <laughs> the COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance. <laughs> <laughs> to a major cyber attack. Gosh, I don't think we need to do a take two, mate. Yeah. That, that was pure evil. Yeah. It's in a shiver down my spine. Yeah. I think we got it. Trust me, pass me the cloth. I mean, beads of sweat. <laughs> yeah, he actually goes on to say... To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our impreparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Cyber pandemic as well. Just calling it that at the end. A cyber pandemic. Why is it a pandemic? Because we just had one and I want that to be fresh in memory. Mm. Like we've just traumatised you over the pandemic. So we're, we're going to call this a cyber pandemic. Yeah, just to let you know, it will be the same kind of drill. We'll be locking you in your home. It will basically be the same thing. I mean, your business will have to close. It's a cyber pandemic this time. You know, you've barely had time to change your first lot of underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you won't really have to do anything different from last time around. Stay at home, wear a mask. Not why you need to <laughs> wear one of those in a cyber attack. They could brainwash people. That would be funny, though. If people, yeah. well, we had a cyber attack and people outside wearing masks. That's not going to save you. <laughs> no, it would be like cover your phone with a mask. <laughs> He stops the cyber attacks getting in. <laughs> Might have to patent that now. You've got to cover your phone with tinfoil. Well, maybe all those little masks for babies they didn't sell, you could just string them round your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So class has gone on to say, lack of cyber security has become a clear and immediate danger to our society. When he attended something called Cyber Polygon in 2021. Now, after reading that, I kind of wanted to... See, what, what is this cyber polygon? Because I got that it was some sort of like, I don't know, mass meet-up that they would do to improve security of, you know, well, p- potential cyber attacks. Sound but, like a like, trilateral commission or is this another Bilderberg group? I mean, who are these people? Yeah, that, that are going to run simulations, I guess. But I went on to uh, cyberpolygon.com to just like check it out. And oh my God, it's so dystopian looking. This is Terminator 2... What's it called? Skynet. Yeah, it, it, it is very Skynet looking. Or oh, what's the one in Robocop? Omnicorp. Yeah, it's the same thing. Cyber Polygon. Yeah, and it's got some like futuristic blockbusters thing going on in the background with these like lit up hexagrams. It's literally like you are in the Matrix. And it says Cyber Polygon, an international capacity building initiative aimed at raising the global cyber resilience and the expansion of intersectoral cooperation against cyber threats. Not telling you what the threats are, though. You know, just... No, in fact, when you're reading, like, when I was on the site, I was like, so what is it then? I was like really trying to get to the bottom of what it is. It says here, like, it's an annual online exercise. And I was like, okay, so it's not... Even the whole of Cyber Polygon's like, work from home. <laughs> they're, already, <laughs> they're already in the future. But yeah, it's like an annual online get-together. Even Klaus Schwab speaking was like a live video link-up. Ah, you know so what not I mean? actually in front of an audience. No, but it's still, it's still the same thing. It's like this annual meet-up. It's, a, it's an online exercise and a simulation, exactly like Event 201, when they said, oh, what if? And it was like, 
a coronavirus coming from China that's going to be airborne, it's Ooh, going to travel yeah, over. It's going to be respiratory from, illness, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to travel over from China, infect the rest of the world. This is how we're going to respond. And yeah, we'll close that down, that down. But. They just run a, a test. Like It was a practice run for them. And now they're doing like the same thing with a possible cyber attack using cyber polygon. But yeah, anyone that wants to check check that out, super dystopian looking website, cyberpolygon.com. And you scroll down and there's some picture of people that look like they're in like a space station. All of some like, sort of like command center. Yeah. And then um, you scroll down even further and there's a picture of the man himself. I love the fact that it had that title, 2020, the year the world changed. I was like, yeah, and whose fault was that then? <laughs> <laughs> but literally, since COVID, they've, they've been talking about this, a potential cyber pandemic. And this has been running for a long time. Obviously, now there's been this movie that we're going to talk about later, Leave the World Behind, which is the contagion. Of, you know, it's what contagion was to COVID as to the cyber attack. That hasn't even come yet. Well, but not yet. We're being told it's right around the corner. So at Cyber Polygon, Schwab warned, we all know but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. Uh, he highlighted over the past few months that there's been these ransomware attacks targeting hospitals, schools, the power grid and many other you know, essential services. Do you remember, like in even in Britain, there was some, there was a hospital attack. This is yes. like quite, quite a few Re- years ago. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't that far long ago. Pretty sure that was in a cyber attack, right? And they were saying, oh, maybe it was, you know, could could be the Russians. Like, but he was talking about stuff even more recent than that of a time. And we get to later, like, there's been a lot of stories about hackers in the media over the last few years. He went on to say, citizens are impacted by energy shortages, delayed medical treatment, and other effects. This is not a problem easily solved. The attacks are complex and criminal enterprises are increasing their scale and impact. You mean your criminal enterprise? Yeah. Because I'm not being funny. How many... Most criminal organisations are more interested in drugs. Guns. Not really side attacks. Yeah, it kind of feels like the only criminal enterprises that could be behind this are like the three-letter intelligent groups or people that like clash represents basically like they would have to be so powerful but they want you to believe it's like the 90s movie hackers but like hamas (laughs) good film (laughs) no but really they they kind of want want you to think it's like mr robots lot some rogue group of hackers it's like yeah yeah i mean how powerful are the hackers we know one thing that happens in history anytime someone does something a bit like catch me if you can anytime someone exceeds over the government's security Mm or their own ambitions, what happens? They get hired by the government. Yeah, I just don't believe for a second that any sort of rogue terror group would be able to compete with what these powerful interests have in terms of cybersecurity. But what would they have to gain? Sometimes you you think, what would a cyber... Well, just creating chaos if if they're a terror group, but... Who's the biggest terror group out there? <laughs> someone should tell them that these Masonic lot love chaos. Exactly. But that's that's what we would be led to believe if it did go down. Oh, oh mm. it was the Russians or it was some rogue terrorist group or Hamas or, I don't know, North Korea. <laughs> I just had a picture of that episode of South Park when they showed the guy behind the computer when the kids all have to rank up their Warcraft characters. <laughs> he's like and a he's fat like, slob. 
I just pictured a room full of those guys hacking like the cyber grid. So Schwab goes on to say at Cyber Polygon, Schwab's praised the speed of digital innovation that occurred during the COVID-19 crisis, highlighting a digital law proposed by the EU that goes hand in hand with the WEF's great reset agenda, which is digital identity schemes. It says here, they keep a record of all your online activity and can provide a restricted citizen access to essential goods and services. So fucking dystopian. <laughs> yeah. So Klaus Schwab's basically saying, oh, well, you know, since COVID-19 happened, there's been great digital laws that are trying to be pushed and digital IDs now like becoming more of a thing. And we can keep records of your online activity, provide or restrict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or I, restrict. I love that. Like citizens access to essential goods. If they're essential, why would you want to restrict them? <laughs> We could take away their water. <laughs> we could take away anything. I think that's an essential service, Clash. Not under my books. <laughs> I decide essential. Another quote from Klaus Schwab at Cyber Polygon is, we need to build IT infrastructures that have digital antibodies built in inherently to protect themselves. He's always comparing it to, see, again, it's like pandemic, digital mm. antibodies. Put so, into system, protect you, <laughs> bit like COVID vaccine, no? Don't tell me they don't work. Says at the World Economic Forum and partners continue prepping for a cyber pandemic. This year, Schwab elaborated on the pandemic theme as it related to cyber security. We have to protect ourselves not only against the virus, but we also have to develop the ability to withstand a virus attack, he said. In other words, masks are not sufficient. We need vaccines to immunise ourselves. The same is true for cyber attacks. Here too, we have to move from simple protection to immunisation. We need to build IT infrastructures to have digital antibodies. Yeah, I mean, the, he's he's taking this analogy as, as far as he can take it, really. Well, I must admit, dude, I really struggled. When I looked in the back of my computer, I could not figure out where to put that needle in. <laughs> It seemed like a computer had a virus, so I was trying to give it a vaccine. <laughs> well, I guess you have computer viruses. I mean, it's all there, but he's he's definitely taking it to the hilt. So there were simulations run at Cyber Polygon. For example, a supply chain attack simulation. So yeah, just like Event 201 all over again. But I wanted to bring up some recent examples of cyber attacks that they're blaming on the usual suspects let's say so i found some like headlines from some british tabloids like the daily mirror like putin's cyber war on britain it's a thing on the bbc russian cyber war may grind uk to a halt that was 2018 before the pandemic even kicked off daily mirror this was back when uh, theresa may was in power uk braced for cyber revenge fears of putin over syria strikes theresa may insists action was in national interest so they were saying then, like, Putin might hit us with a cyber attack because of what's going on in Syria. Yeah, I remember because of the whole proxy war, and mm. they were saying because of Britain's involvement, we're more likely to get yeah. stuff from Russia now hitting us because of conflict of interests over in the Levant down there. So they've been prepping us for this for a long time. And when we get onto the movie Leave the World Behind later, they, they kind of throw this out within the movie. It could be the Russians, it could be China. It, we, we, you know, we don't know where this is coming from. And it would be like that if something like this happened in real life. But we already know what the potential boogeymen are going to be. 
Yeah. You know, Russia definitely being one. I kind of wish sometimes there'd be like a new terrorist group that'd emerge out of nowhere, somewhere very small, like Cape Verde <laughs> or the Seychelles. <laughs> <laughs> the Island Boys. <laughs> We've already had them. You're like, even, even if you go on the um, National Cyber Security Centre, the UK cyber attack page, you can see articles like Russia behind cyber attack with Europe, wide impact an hour before Ukraine invasion. So this was going up right up until that all kicked off again. So Liz Truss at the time in the UK said, this is clear and shocking evidence of a deliberate and malicious attack by Russia against Ukraine, which has significant consequences on ordinary people and businesses in Ukraine and across Europe. We will continue to call out Russia's malign behaviour and unprovoked aggression across land, sea and cyberspace. I know, obviously, during that period, right before then, there was a lot of propaganda coming out about, obviously, Russia's own attacks on us. But it's kind of weird because we saw our own propaganda from our government against them. So in a war, especially in a cyber war... Yeah. is what it is, uh, essentially at heart, with both sides slinging inaccurate information at each other and yet attempting to win over their public. Yeah. You know. But what, what idea is never presented, either in the movie that we get onto or IRL, is that it's our own government doing this to their own people to completely destabilise the country and bring in this whole system of control that they want to bring in. It's got to be the Russians or it's got to be the Chinese. It's like, well, if the end result of this is to just create this slave society, then why wouldn't our own government be doing it to us? That's their end goal. You know, if we look at history, if you look at own governments wanted to do things to their own people to get certain measures across, let me just put up 9-11. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. It's like to bring in laws to create chaos so they can come in and just supply the order, which will be like more laws, more infringements on rights, you know, more that they can get away with on in every sense. They can bring in things like this social credit score system and digital IDs, which they're already talking about, like digital Mm. currency, everything they can to build this slave system, this digital prison. That's what they want to bring in. So, yeah, of course they'd stage a fake cyber attack so that afterwards they can say, well, you need protecting. The answer to this, we've got to have digital IDs, we've got to have this, mm. we've got to have that. Like, it's, it's for your own safety. Yeah, I mean, it's not a case of maybe sending your whole army over to Afghanistan and start shooting shit up. No, but, but it will help them build a digital prison for us, yeah. which is, like, number one on the agenda. Welcome to the Matrix. Even got a thing for in my letterbox the other day, like, why you need a smart meter? And I was just thinking, oh, even this whole... Smart meter thing is just part of the same agenda. You know what I mean? It's just another way that they can read every single bit of data and switch off your services with one button and have everything linked. You you could have a smart meter that was linked to some kind of social credit score. Yeah, so, you could, yeah. You know, not only would your electric car not be turning on, but you <coughs> your smart meter wouldn't be working. Yeah, and I'm not being funny. This time of year with a... Fucking weather like it is in the UK. Yeah, right. You know, and, and your digital ID wouldn't allow you to buy stuff or whatever else. It's, it, if everything was linked, they'd just have you by the balls. You would be in their digital matrix. And that's what a cyber attack would really be about. It would be a, a psyop and a false flag 
to just install that system. Install being the right word, I think. I mean, I even saw articles about hackers linked to Iran and Hamas. Mm. <laughs> like you've even got, well, supposedly, like, them lot. <laughs> you can't really... I can't oh, really imagine it, can no, you? No, I can't really picture it. Don't seem the type. No. <laughs> but apparently they're cyber hackers as well. Scurrying across what little tunnels they still have left <laughs> under Gaza, <laughs> carrying big monitors on their backs and dragging all their servers with them along their tunnels. No, I can't really see them yeah. doing it. Think of the Matrix, but they all look like Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> but we're, we're being led to believe that Hamas could be behind potential cyber warfare. And the same with... I've even found like an article on like North Korea cyber attacks. And I was thinking, right, okay, they've got their shit together enough that they're going to try and attack us as well. Yeah. Can't even feed their own people. Yeah. Took a pause from maybe creating one less haircut and thought, we're going to focus all our energy on cyber attacks. Yeah, like I even saw something, North Korea cyber threat. This is, again, on like an official government website and they're giving you a whole like overview of something that happened in 2023 where there was an assessment done and they are like, oh yeah, North Korea's now a threat as well. And they're gearing up to cyber attack us. It's like, fucking hell. Well, they were Who's not trying to cyber attack us? They were looking at their sort of ransomware and the sort of Trojanware that they can yeah. use. But I'm sorry, anything they think North Korea has that is that powerful, I guarantee we, the British, the Americans, whoever, we have got better. Well, what was the Trump quote where they were saying, oh, what if North Korea have got nuclear bombs? And Trump was like, well, my button's bigger. Yeah. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> what has being bigger got to boast about? Do you know what I mean? That's a Trump move, isn't it? <laughs> my button's bigger than your button. He might as well just <laughs> took the button out and gone, mine's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about penises? <laughs> My button's bigger. And my button's bigger and redder. And it works. <laughs> Is that a little stab at like the impotent Kim Jong-un? <laughs> Mine works! It might need a little push with some blue pills, but it still works. Okay, so to get onto the movie, Leave the World Behind. So in a like we mentioned earlier, in a similar way to when Contagion come out and it was the precursor to COVID, you've had this Leave the World Behind movie that in exactly the same ways up propaganda piece to pre-program the audience into this idea of a global blackout you know what would happen if there there was a cyber attack we don't know where it come from or who's responsible for it but you know the whole grid would go down and there'd be chaos in all these different kind of ways similar to contagion actually they don't show you much no they don't contagion although it was an outbreak movie it was very different to the movie Outbreak yes. from the 90s. Yeah, it was. We've discussed this in our previous episode, Contagion, like way, way back. Way back. But it was a very different movie. They didn't want it to be this 90s blockbuster or like an action Ooh, people, disaster movie. Yeah, they didn't want to show you lot. They didn't want to show you the mass panic. They didn't want to show you the looting, the people smashing in shops. Yeah, explosions and all this stuff. It, it was more like, let's, just, let's make this as real as possible. So. The audience thinks, God, this is what would really, really happen. happen. This is how it would really be, because it's not even like a bombastic blockbuster movie with, with all this stuff. They, they're trying to make it as real as possible. Mm. It, it kind of ups the fear, because people are thinking they've gone out of their way to make this as true to life as it could possibly be. So, 
I better strap in and get get ready because if if this does happen, this is what it will actually be like. Well, and also true to life, also showing the ugliness of ourselves. In both of them movies, especially Leave the World Behind, I, I like felt like it went out of its way to paint humanity as untrustworthy, selfish, suspicious of one another. No, no. We'd all turn on each other. Uh, the movie spoke a, a lot of, about race. Especially the race divide. Yes, between know, black and white, white people, especially in America. And it's interesting because when you look into the movie, as we get onto in a moment, it's executively produced by the Obamas, of all people. I mean... Holy shit. <laughs> if you're like thinking, hmm, it's a bit of a propaganda piece, this. Like, who's funding it? Or, you know, anyone suspect that's involved in this at all? Oh, yeah, it's uh, executively produced by the Obamas and their film company. Why have they got a film company? Mm. Propaganda. Propaganda. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But no, they were obviously brought in on this to make it as real as possible, as true to life possible. That's what they're bothered about now. It wasn't like that in the 90s. They weren't thinking that without break. And it was a monkey going on a rampage or whatever. Like, it, it, it was kind of different there. People went to the theatre. They wanted to be entertained. But I feel like with, I don't know, things like reality TV or... Is that something that the public want? Do they want to just be entertained or do they feel like that what mean, they're watching is going to be really realistic? Yeah, and is it going to cut to their bone? No, they're not just going to come out the cinema and they're going to be entertained. They're going to come out the cinema and they're going to start thinking. They're not going to be able to leave the film in the cinema, dude. You know what I mean? They're going to come out yeah. and they're going to be like, fucking hell, what if that really happened? Yeah, essentially, they want people to feel like it's so real that it could happen. And look what would happen. We'd all turn on each other. You know, we'd, there'd, there'd be civil war. There'd be, like, looting and rioting and people taking arms and you wouldn't be able to trust anyone, even your next-door neighbour. Like, they're instilling this mm. into everyone through these through these movies, especially this one. And it's kind of weird how there is so much, like, anti-whiteness within the movie, and then it's executively produced by the Obamas. I mean, there's a scene within the movie where the guy's daughter says, oh, you, you know you can't trust white people, and if it comes to it, and it's between us us and them, you know who we've got to choose. Like, putting that message in the movie, you can't trust white people. Yeah, Imagine if it was the other way around as well. Like, I can't see the movie saying, oh, well, you can't trust these, you know. Hey, black folk, crikey. That's a horrible message to preach anyway. Because you'd like to think black or white... Uh, Why put that uh, in there? Christian or Muslim. If we were under an attack, yeah. people would find solace in their common person rather than the people at the top. You'd be looking to your neighbour, whether he was black or a Muslim or if he was Chinese, you, you'd... You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like your Just the fact, you know, they they made sure that message got in there. But like I said, I don't think that if the message was the other way round, I don't think it would have made it into the movie. But white people can't be trusted, apparently. And, and, and that's definitely a theme that goes throughout the movie. Julia Roberts' character is very distrustful yeah. of uh, the other two main characters that are black. And even the fact that they keep saying blackout and stuff, is, there's loads of, uh, you know, it's not just black and white or whatever. They have these cues within the movie and the language within the movie all the time. But, um, yeah, they were definitely, like, hammering that, that one home. And as well as that, they were basically outlining what would happen 
But I think, similar to Contagion, they were taking it to the absolute max. So yeah. they were saying, if this happened, there'd be planes falling out of the sky. The uh, GPS. Sat-nav cars would all be just crashing on their own. Oil frigates and tankers mooring themselves on beaches up and down the coast. Yeah, exactly, because like the GPSs would be hacked and then there'd be absolute chaos. But would that be happening? Well, a little bit like the virus in Contagion was super deadly, and I can't remember the fatality rate, but it was like, you know, 90% you were going to die from it. Well, in reality, COVID was ninety, pretty much 99% that you weren't. Mm. We would argue it wasn't even real, but the, the, the threat was practically non-existent. In a similar way, it could be the same if this happened in real life. You wouldn't have to have planes falling out of the sky. No. If, if everything went down, it would cause mass panic. Just it would cause scarcity, breaks in the supply chain. Even if it was not even for that long. We, I'm not talking days, I'm talking hours. If they just turned off the net for three hours and they claimed Russia had done it, Enough people would be like, stop Putin! And people would try and, say, escape the cities, for example. So you would have these mass traffic jams and people wouldn't be able to leave where they're living and the cities themselves would blatantly turn to looting and all kinds of, like, rioting and things like that. That would probably all happen. There would be a, a, the economic fallout from it, like Klaus Schwab said, would make COVID seem like a small disturbance. I mean, it would. Mm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't really need to do much other than just switch the bloody power off for a matter of days, and you, you would cause such chaos, you would transform the whole world, mm. which is what they, what they want to do, bring in as much chaos as possible so they can supply... The order as the antidote, if you want to keep using this like pandemic analogy. Because we will. I swear we will. <laughs> so I've got an article here from Forbes, of all places. President Obama's involvement in Leave the World Behind explained. I mean, it does need explaining. When I found that out, I was like, fuck off. The Obamas are like behind this. Yeah, I, I couldn't like, believe how that. How much more blatant do you want to get? Hmm. <laughs> but it's not a propaganda piece. I swear. Pre-programming, what's that? The Obamas are behind it. It says, Leave the World Behind, Netflix's newest disaster thriller, taking viewers by storm, is currently the number one film on the streaming platform. It's mm. going out to a lot of people. Bet more people have seen it than Contagion. Starring Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, the movie also has a unique connection to the Obamas. And no, this is no conspiracy theory. Forbes oh, just had to say that. They had to put that word in there, the dirty <laughs> word. No, it's real. Yeah. It's not it, conspiracy theory. No, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's fucking weird. And that's why you need to print an article saying, it's not weird. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> okay, so it gives a brief synopsis of the film. The two characters played by Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke are with their two children. And they go to a beach getaway at a luxurious rental home. And that's how the movie starts. They go up there. Something weird happens before they get there. They're on the beach. And like you said, this massive steel tanker literally like moors up on the beach, nearly crushing everyone. And they just about get away. But they're thinking, what the hell's happened there? And they're not really given any kind of explanation to it. Mm. They, they finally get to the luxurious house, but their stay is interrupted by the owner and his daughter coming back who Julia Roberts at first doesn't believe that is actually him. Well, she doesn't believe. It's almost just because he's black. She, she doesn't believe he's the owner of the house. 
That's the undercurrent, isn't it? Like, it's like, shouldn't you be out of the hood shooting gangsters or something? <laughs> but doesn't she say something to her husband, Ethan Hawke? Well, played by Ethan Hawke. How do we know that they're not just the gardener and the cleaner? Yeah. Or some, some, something to that effect. So she's almost putting them in that kind of, like, <laughs> like class of, well, they could only be, like, the cleaners. I mean, whatever. that's all they would be doing. <laughs> then she starts questioning, well, there's no photos of them around the house. You know, if this was their house, there'd be some proof. There'd be photographs of them. But then you kind of think, well, what if the owner of this property is well aware of people's prejudice and he doesn't want to put photos of yeah. him and his black family around the house? And that's why. Yeah. And actually, the reason he didn't have a photo on his... Um, profile whatever because she mentions that well there wasn't a photo of you you know why has he not put that up probably for the same, same reason you might think oh well they might not want they might not want to rent it off a black person because there's a lot of people out there that are inherently racist and yeah. that would put them off the property yeah and he doesn't as much as that must offend him being a black man that had to live in society like that but he still wants to rent his house yeah and also yeah. who's to say society is like that i'm sure there is like a fraction of people that might be put off by that. I'm not one of them. No, and I don't really know many people that are that racist that they'd be like, well, I'm not renting it off a beep. Honestly. He's been in here. He's touched all the mugs. <laughs> he's slept in the blankets. You you would have to be pretty high level of racist, wouldn't you? To be like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not renting off one of them. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but... The movie would have you believe like that that is what society is like and I don't think it is. I, I, I'm, I'm quite a realist but my everyday experience of people, I don't think society at its core is that racist. But this movie is, is trying to make, make you believe otherwise. So they end up letting them stay, don't they? And it's like the two families together as they start to realise that this chaos has erupted all around them and in the cities. They get kind of like little clues, don't yeah. they, through stuff that's happening on Julia Roberts' phone or... Well, they try to get something through the TV and the only thing that came up was like national emergency. Yeah, and then the thing on her phone that flashed up was something, I believe, about a cyber attack or a Russian it's cyber Russian attack. Russian cyber attack or something yeah. like that, yeah. And I can't remember what, what it was from. It was from like the New York Times or something like that and it flashed up on her phone. Oh, the Russians... But yeah, we get like little clues here and there. But again, it's trying to be like super realistic. Like if it was real life, it would be the same. You wouldn't you wouldn't really know what the hell was going on. Well, yeah, if you had power disconnected, especially lack of internet, and you were looking for news, most of our world is based upon the internet now anyway. All sorts of businesses all just run by internet. So if you couldn't access any news, how would you know what was going no. on? You would be in your house. You, the most you could do is knock on your neighbour's house, right? Mm. But... What they can be almost sure of is that the cities would have erupted into riots and lo and looting and the mass exodus of people trying to get out of the cities would probably cause huge traffic pile-ups and all kinds of chaos there. Who's to say that the military wouldn't be brought in? And there, there could be like all-out civil war. Where they're staying is very remote and out the way. But they find out when their son gets sick and they try to go to a neighbour, neighbours for help, even the neighbour who was once friends with the, the owner has well, he, he did turned the, against them. He did the work on the um, 
the real owner of the house and the the black fella. He done all the work, like the modifications on the house. So they were meant to be pretty friendly. Yeah, right. But he's like coming out on, on his porch with his gun aimed at them, and he's basically like, "Get off my land!" Yeah. And he's not. He doesn't turn on them exactly, but he lets them know, like, "I'm out for me." Me and, and I'll. You know, we can say hello, but that's the most we're going to do because if we're in a national crisis, you're on yep. your own. I've got my family behind my door to look after. I suggest you go do the same. Yeah, and and he's a he's sort of presented as a bit of a conspiracy theorist because he starts saying, "Oh, I've heard that this was coming for a while." There's a bit where he points towards. Did he mention Korea? North Korea. He brings right? up Korea. Yeah, yeah, saying, "Well, I heard it was um, from North North Korea. It was a cyber attack." The son has got this. Um, they don't know what he's got, right? But his teeth start falling out. He's got some sort of like awful disease that's happened. Might have been from the sound frequencies that it's the sound booms in it they were come sound. out because there's a few moments in the movie where you hear this horrible ringing. Well, it's a high, it's high frequency, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's dropping to the ground, like covering their ears, and they're like, maybe this is another type of attack. But, that's we, happening. but we've seen, we've seen that before. So that's the stupid thing is, when I saw that in the film, I was like, well, I know what that is. That's fifth generation weaponry because we've seen videos of people using. You yeah. know what I mean? Or a more advanced version of that, like not necessarily 5G. I mean, they have sound weapons that they blast at crowds yeah. when they're trying to disperse crowds now. And they can like blast these frequencies at people that they're literally dropping to the ground, just like they were in the movie. And we spoke to Max Egan about this when we had him on the show, saying that 5G was a weapon system and it could be used to direct these kind of harmful sound waves at people or Max was saying that they, they could blast a frequency at you that would make your skin feel like it was on fire mm. if you got out of a certain frequency range or yeah. something. So if if that was to happen, it would probably be using that weapon system, mm. which also through satellites is beaming down on almost every inch of the planet. It's a bit different to be deployed on a mobile level, like a little unit out in the streets blasting it, opposed to something that's way up in the sky, mm. like thousands of feet up in the air and there's no way of you getting out of that radius where are you going to run to <laughs> there is nowhere to run or hide but yeah it's quite it's quite interesting that they threw that in there i mean the the fact that the character was losing his teeth when it, when it first appeared in the movie i thought oh this is a dream he's like going to wake up because that's quite a archetypal dream right where people's people experience their teeth falling out and it's because they're really worried about something in real life maybe worried about losing something i can't i can't remember what exactly what it is but i know it's synonymous with with dreams and i remember a quote from the director saying he wanted the film to feel like a dream that turns into a, a living nightmare but I kind of thought that he went with the teeth falling out to overlay that sort of dream quality about the movie. But I mean, it was definitely like a living nightmare from start to finish. You were kind of living it with the characters because you never really knew what was going on. You didn't have any answers the same way they did. They didn't because you weren't really shown anything other than what you could see that they saw was planes falling out of the sky. Everything that we saw, they yeah. saw. We Fingers weren't. pointed in numerous directions from the Russians to North Korea to China, all the usual well, culprits. He, well, we even had the Arabs. They had the bit when the plane dropped all the leaflets over Ethan Hawke as he was driving. Yeah, right. And yeah. He, he had the sort of the, the snake on it and it was all in Arabic. Yeah, it looked like it had ISIS written all over it. 
Yeah. Or like Hamas or something. Al- it had that kind of vibe to it. Al Qaeda. <laughs> oh no, they're, they're gone. They got Bin, bin Laden. Didn't they? One of them lot. <laughs> but yeah, you've you sort of wondered, well, were they doing stuff like that just as a way to feed out misinformation? We're going to get a plane to drop all these leaflets everywhere so people think they're behind it. In a time where they had to be more inventive to get that misinformation out there because there was a blackout, they might sort of resort to any inventive ways to, to mislead the public. Well, especially because what if, like we just said at the beginning of this episode, what if it wasn't any one of those entities that committed it? You know, we don't know from the film, but it actually could have been a cyber attack orchestrated by their own government. It's funny, isn't it? Because there's a scene within the film where... Julia Roberts is sitting down with the house owner that she's really suspicious of, and he says he he starts talking about a dark cabal that mm. is running the world and they're in charge of everything. And then when she kind of says, "Is that true?" he then says, "No, it's actually worse than that. No one's in control. We're spinning out of control, and there's actually no one in charge. And that's an even scarier thought. Almost sort of saying to you, and the reason that conspiracy theorists might think." The latter is because it's a comfort to them to think, oh yeah, it's all a conspiracy. They don't like the thought of no one being in control. But that's bollocks, for for one. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people that are in control. I only have to single out Gates, Musk. Yeah, or Klaus Schwab. Schwab. And all the young global leaders. Like, it's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah, there is a cabal. Even the way that they have to, like, say it. Mm. I mean, I, I... Told, told you the other day, even in Coronation Street, which is like a British like soap drama, they had a conversation with these young people. I think think they're in like the shop by the till, and he's like, "Do you believe in a dark cabal that runs the world?" Like, oh, you've got to be careful, conspiracy theorists. Like, well, you can't trust Big Pharma, you know. And I'm like, what is happening yeah. on Corrie? But they're feeling the need to have these conversations yeah and they even followed it up with saying like, conspiracy theories can be dangerous <laughs> yeah. like even using that as a propaganda machine to be like anyone that believes in this stuff oh like nonsense the, i like the idea that schism could be dangerous <laughs> <laughs> well we have you know the, the point you were alluding to is, was back again in the film because he was saying that he got this information um the owner of the house he said off a man that worked in the security industry and saying this is how he knew this stuff about the cabal and stuff. But then he said at the second point that he was trying to contact his man on the inside. And he said to me, the last time I spoke to him, he normally made a joke or a little laugh. But this time he was very sincere. And he just said, bye, take care of yourself. And he's like, at that moment I thought, hmm. And it's sort of like, even even that, I was like, so you're making out like there, it's like organised chaos or it's not. But yet you've then alluded to there's a man that you know in a security industry... That's giving you a tip-off. Giving a tip-off, and then going dark himself. So which is it? What? Are there men in black or are they not? Yeah. You feel like he's almost sort of dismissing it. He even makes a comment about the winter solstice, and you're like, what? Yeah. But again, like, we know that they're into all that kind of stuff. That's exactly the sort of time that they these weirdos would meet up. Well, there was some, like, weird stuff that even... The symbology that was used in the film, because had a, the scene, there was a black horse in, which was like, going to be a universal sign for death, a black mm. horse, and plague death, apparently, as well, is on it. So you think the use for when it was meant to be a film, possibly about a cyber attack, you know, and they used like, the black horse, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe because it's a similar death, but I thought it was more of a similar plague death, so... Mm. There was a few scenes that I've seen people stop the movie, 
taken a screen grab and you can see 666, six on the mug, six on the clock and six on someone's watch or something. But I was sort of thinking, why, why do they put stuff like that in the movie? You know what I mean? Like satanic simp symbolism as well. Stuff that didn't even really make sense, but it was all there. And, and the movie's laced with that. And if people want to, you know, go on YouTube and look up that kind of stuff, there's a lot of people breaking the movie down in that way, just looking at the symbolism alone, because mm. it was it was all over the movie. But we're sort of looking more at the the themes of the movie and how it relates to stuff that's actually going on in, in real, life. real life. But it's quite funny because the movie ends with the youngest, the little girl of the family, she kind of wanders off because she's desperate to see the last episode of the TV show Friends. Which That's is, right. Which is funny. She's been totally obsessed with this entire film. Even though you've got all this crazy stuff going on, which the parents aren't really telling the kids anyway. They kind of let the kids sort of try to maybe enjoy this until the boy's teeth start, starts falling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, you can't really ignore something that's going on. <laughs> but, yeah, she's just... This, yeah, they've shielded the youngest. Yeah, and she's just obsessed with finding out what happens in the very last episode, season... Ten of friends, the Ross and Rachel conundrum. Yeah, so she desperately wants to see what happens with Ross and Rachel. Will they get back together? And she goes looking for basically like somewhere to watch it, a TV that works. And she ends up wandering into this house that has this billionaire bunker, mm. basically. And yeah, what what surprise they have this like huge DVD collection. She takes out friends, pops it in the DVD player. That's how it actually ends, quite abruptly. Sorry for the uh, ruining of the movie there, but you've probably seen it already because the internet was aghast with people saying, how could it end so abruptly? And yeah. they didn't give us any answers. The most they gave us was just the, friend, the Friends theme song, you know? Yeah, and right. Which is weird when they played out with the Rembrandts at the end of the film. Was I'll be there for you. <laughs> I was like, whoa. But them, them lyrics were pretty... Poignant. They were. They, they suddenly took on a whole new meaning because of what was going on with the with the characters. When the acid rain starts to fall. <laughs> but yeah, when the shit hits the fan, you know, I'll be there for you. Well, a lot of people turned on each other. The only thing that was there for the little girl in the end was the warm glow from the television. Yeah. yeah. The message I I got was, friends will be there for you. Yeah. The the, the comfort of your favorite TV show that'll always be there for you. Yeah. Well, until there's a blackout. But up until that point, just be basked in the warm glow of your television and don't think about anything. Well, I also felt like it was also showing how people can just be so benign and stupid and obsessed with very small things while... That don't matter. That don't matter, while the whole world could be erupting in chaos outside their windows. Mm. But as long as I'm watching that last episode of Friends... Yeah. Spoiler alert, everyone... She gets back with Ross. <laughs> <laughs> now he spoiled two things. <laughs> oh, well. It was pretty bloody obvious, though. To be fair. But yeah, people distract themselves with all this mindless garbage. Just like you said, when the, when the world's, you know, burning around them. But that's how the film ends. People didn't like it. The internet was full of people going crazy. How dare they end the movie like this? But the movie didn't want to give you any answers at the end because they're, they're, they're trying to prepare people and pre-program people for when this actually goes down in real life. Yeah. You won't have any answers. You, you won't know who was responsible for this and why, and you'll never know. And you're going to get hit with 
so many different theories and so much misinformation that you'll just be lost in it and you'll just end up switching off or switching on like this little girl at the end. Mm, true. Being brainwashed by your favourite TV show or the schism. Could you be any more brainwashed? Well, that's the weird thing. Yeah, obviously we spoke in the previous episode about Chandler. Well, we know. And you said, could he be any more dead? Well, we found out... It was in bad taste, Adam. Yeah, I know. I know. Rest in peace, Matt Perry. (laughs) But we found out the top screen. Ketamine. Oh, yes. Yeah, apparently it was ketamine. Don't take ketamine in the jacuzzi people. Jacuzzi people, come on. If anyone has done ketamine, not me... Maybe. Uh, yeah, I couldn't say I've ever done it in a jacuzzi, nor would I, because you need to get out of a jacuzzi because it's full of water. <laughs> That's no, a recipe for disaster. Knowing that ketamine literally takes your bloody legs away, mm. you pretty much could end up on your belly for most of the night if you've taken too much of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's still very sus. His, his death, there's a lot of question marks. But yeah, that's the official reason we've been given. But yeah, it's quite strange because Julia Roberts was in an episode of Friends yeah. back in the day and her and Matthew Perry even dated for a while, apparently. But stranger still, his death was on Julia Roberts' birthday. Yeah, which I only found that out recently, which I thought was bizarre. Again, another weird coincidence. And she's obviously the star in this film. Film. Yeah, and if it couldn't get any weirder, the episode where Julia Roberts appeared on, if you take that date to the last episode of Friends... Which was... It was the 28th of Jan 96 to the 5th of June 04. Yeah, that's 99 months and 9 days. So 999... Turn it upside down. 666. I mean... When you start going down that road, you kind of think, okay, you can find numbers wherever you want to find them, but that's still pretty out there. And the fact that he died on her birthday is nothing short of bizarre. So yeah, there was a very sudden ending with the movie, but there was a few interesting things that happened in between, like when the family was trying to get out of the city at one point, there was a huge car pile up and it was all electric cars. It was all Teslas Mm. and they looked like showroom cars, yeah. Maybe they were driving out of a factory even. Teslas going full speed, all to kind of one GPS lo- location. Yeah, all built with self-drive in them. So they'd be yeah, self- they were all self-driving. They didn't even have... It was like Attack of the Self-Driving Cars, the new movie. And if you think about <laughs> it, Netflix. we haven't quite got those yet, even though they've been trialling them out. Those mm. aren't an actual thing. Yeah. So in the film, it's already kind of some given us something, or to say they could certainly be controlled via satellite. And That's a bit worrying. You buy your Tesla, you think you're on the way to Blue Water for a day out shopping. Next thing you know, you end up in the fucking Thames sinking. Yeah, You've right. reached your destination. And, and again, they're, you know, putting this out there, you'd think it would put people off buying the cars, maybe. But Elon Musk gave his permission for them to use Tesla. I mean, I guess it's the old thing, like, oh, any good... Any advertising's good advertising. Oh, yeah. Me, personally, I'd be like, maybe I won't get one of them. <laughs> but, yeah, he was basically saying, well, that, that wouldn't happen in real life because some kind of a solar charge thing would still be in place. But what he's not really talking about is the far more real possibility, I think, of the car just not starting. And there's like even something I've seen recently, a Ford car. You know, that a Ford electric car displayed a your vehicle cannot be driven message after a software update and wouldn't start. Well, it's far more likely to be something like that rather than attack of the self-driving cars. It's probably more likely you're just there like, 
There's a message on the screen, love. It says, vehicle won't start. Oh, if I'd have kept the old car, I could have just put some petrol in it. What's it saying here? Yeah. So have you turned it on and off? He took the plug out and put it back in again. Honestly, like, you'd just be fucked. They don't need to have them, like, hurtling towards a pile-up at 100 miles an hour. It's not an action movie. They can just go display the message that says vehicle won't start. Yeah, and, and if this was an actual blackout, to be fair, there'd be no electricity to charge your electric car with. So not only would you probably just get the error display message, you'd go in, you'd be like, beep boom, oh, <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> beep boom, beep boom, definitely dead. There's nothing you can do. You can't argue with a computer. That's why this digital prison society they want to bring in is so terrifying because computer says no. It's like the little Britain sketch. Like There's not much you can do about it. <laughs> Give it a shake or a whack. But later on in the movie, you, you also get a glimpse into like a cityscape from a distance. You can't really see what's happening, but it looks like huge explosions going off. Maybe not nukes, but massive explosions over the city aircraft flying over. Well, it's meant to be Manhattan. They're kind of looking from the edge of Long Island onto Manhattan Island. You don't know if it's like civil war and this is the military coming in. You don't know if America's at war and there's been an invasion and this cyber attack was maybe the first shot fired. You know, enforcer blackout, then then we're attacked. But... Well, you don't know even if these explosions going off were part of civil unrest. Yes, you're not really given any answers there, but safe to say the cities are just like wiped out. Yeah. So similar to Contagion, which was way worse than the actual pandemic, I think this movie is the same. Like, I don't think it's going to be like nukes and cities going up in flames and planes dropping out of the sky. I think it will be exactly how Klaus Schwab described it. Like a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services. Like That would be enough. Yeah. Like, if the hospital suddenly stopped working, transportation went down, and, and, and the power supply grid went down, people probably would be just under lockdown in their homes. It might not be this blockbuster movie disaster, but it would still ruin society as we knew it. It, it would cause a complete economic shutdown. We'd probably never, never recover, because we're already on our knees from the pandemic, yeah. and this would just be game over. Yeah, it'd be the nail in the coffin. I mean, can you imagine what would happen to the hospital services that are already, like, overrun all these sick people, like, getting ill from the last fucking psyop? Yeah. And then it's like, dig, the hospital is down. (laughs) It would be be a disaster, but maybe not in the same way that this movie's portraying. Yeah. But still just as damaging. Millions could still die from the fallout. You could be effectively killing everyone who are in the hospital, getting treatment, life support, etc., Mm. And also the people that need to get to hospital because their self-drive car has just reared into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've got a concussion. <laughs> but they get to hospital and it's just blackout. Nothing's there. There's a guy wheeling him out, himself out holding his bag. Still got his IV dripping. Good luck in there, lads. Who's to say how much of stuff wouldn't get locked down by the military as well? Yeah. Like, you feel like the military would just get brought in. And, and that is also alluded to in this movie but it probably would be like full martial law you might not even be able to get out of the city because it's like blockaded you know what I would have just done it like Kevin Bacon did at the beginning of the film at my supermarket lots of water lots of rice lots of soy sauce <laughs> I think a lot of people would just hunker down 
and think, well, let's go full like doomsday prepper mode and just like wait it out. But there's a lot of people that aren't prepared at all and they would either be rushing to get out of the city or they wouldn't have enough supplies and they would start to panic. And it would it would only cause that mass panic and you would see civil unrest on a massive scale. There's there's gonna be food shortages, supply cuts, you know, it's 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 gonna be rough. And I think even if people were locked down in their homes, it's like, how long for until it starts to get crazy? A few yeah. days? Oh, at the most. Yeah. I reckon 24 hours. I reckon after one day, yeah, people couldn't handle it. They give this breakdown in, is it Fight Club? Where he says, like, in a few days this would happen, or another movie. The director of this movie is actually from Mr. Robot. Mr. Yeah. Robot has a lot of that kind of stuff in it as well. Good series, like, actually, yeah. Yeah, and you can see why he was chosen to do this as a job. There's like lots of Mr. Robot cap nods within the film and like references to it even being in like the same universe as that yeah. happening. Yeah. I think they talk about a simulation that happened and it was from the the same corporation as in Mr. Robot. So, yeah, it's interesting that the Obamas were linked to it and the Mr. Robot guy, but Netflix itself is pretty crazy too well they're the new way of getting material out to the public now less people going to the cinema if you're gonna launch something and you want people to see it you're, yeah. prob- you're probably putting it on Netflix yeah it's it's overtaken the Hollywood blockbuster in many ways it's the perfect platforming for pre-programming in the modern age oh, it's yeah. reaching the maximum amount of people now when you think about it like even last time around Contagion that was out of the cinema but for this site it's on Netflix because things change. Yeah, I mean, and come on, you're all borrowing each other's Netflix's account. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. And that's why they're letting you do it. <laughs> but yeah, the founder of Netflix is a guy called Mark Bernays Randolph, and he's the great grandnephew of Edward Bernays, who is hailed as the creator of modern propaganda, and himself is the nephew of Sigmund Freud. So it's a weird family line. And that's not a conspiracy. That is out there, like, being proudly broadcast. So the guy that's running Netflix, that's his family tree. It's a bit like Bill Gates and his links to eugenics. You're like, you know, a lot of propaganda, psychological manipulation in your past then. I mean, even, like, TV itself, there's been tests done where they can see that our brainwaves are changed from alpha to beta, which makes you more suggestible and ripe for brainwashing. You know, you go into this almost like hypnotised state where your eyes flicker and things go into your subconscious more more easily. You're actually more suggestible. The people behind TV, they know it works in this way. And something like Netflix now being the, the primary like brainwashing tool, they just go with the times, don't they? Mm. Whatever the technology, technology is, is. They, they just want to reach the most people that they can. And Netflix is too much of a powerful institution. It's become very powerful now. Yeah, for it's, someone like this guy not to be running it. Well, it's been like a mighty rise for Netflix as well. And if you look at how they started, and, and also the material that they release now, I mean, they've definitely released a lot of sort of propaganda stuff, whether it's The Crown, their... Yeah. Quite keen to have an angle on... Yeah, and it is getting more woke. If they don't tread a bit more carefully, they could go the same way as Disney. Because Disney have lost billions because they've gone so woke and they're pushing 
this LGBT agenda onto kids and all this like virtue signaling crap. And people were sick of it. So they started to cancel their Disney subscriptions and they really felt it. Is that going to happen to Netflix? Because I'm watching so much stuff on there now that I'm like, I can't watch this. It's well, too woke. It's well, too... Well, the comedy is terrible. A lot of the, the comedy specials that have been released on Netflix, doesn't matter what comedian, I, I mean, unless it's... They're just towing the line. They really are. Or pushing some agenda on you, and you're like, oh, God. It's, it's too... It's just getting too woke. There's so few comedians. And if I think of like the American ones, someone like maybe Cat Williams or Dave Chappelle, there's so few of them now who are willing not to sing the Hollywood song. You know what I mean? Most are so in line with Hollywood and the media. British comedy, any comedy specials that have come out on Netflix that have been British have been incredibly woke and, and even hard to digest as, as comedy. Yeah. So Netflix is definitely going to have to be careful. And, and even this movie had a lot of like, it, was a, it focused way too much on race and there was a lot of anti-whiteness in it. They know that that's going to like trigger people, which in turn just creates more division. Yeah, I know they're trying to highlight the division and stuff, but it's like, why do we need to keep focusing on, on this all the time? It's not doing any good. Yeah. It's just creating more friction, more division. So it's divisive and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. To fan the flames. That's what it feels like. Why couldn't the movie have showed a white family and a black family coming together and despite their differences? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, they don't want to promote that. Well, they, they just want to promote well, this idea of the white people in it are racist. And then the black girl, even at one point, says to her dad, white people can't be trusted. And it's like, God, she's just racist as well. Everyone's racist. Yeah, that's the message we want to put out. Yeah, it's and, like, why? And would the theme of the film have been that much different if they could just take that bit out? Just try and put a positive message out there into the world. If one at all. Why even make it about that? But if you're going to focus in on race, it's like, isn't a good way to build bridges, portraying, uplifting stuff that is actually positive and shows people, despite their races, coming together for common cause. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. The opposite. We'll show the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we want the whites hate the blacks and the blacks hate the whites, yeah. And we keep saying black and white, black and white in it. Black and white, black and white. Even like the paintings were like black and white. Yeah, there was like so so much of his stuff. It was like, oh my god. The the boys when you the film actually started, the boy was wearing black and white shorts, and it had the Masonic black and white checkerboard mm. down the side of his right, shorts. Okay. Yeah, there's loads of yeah. symbology like this in it. It's just so unneeded, but. They like to leave their little clues. Well, we saw all of them, Obamas. We saw <laughs> all of them. Yeah, I don't think Obama's like involved in it on that level. Put the Masonic checkerboard in that bit. Hmm, yes. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, well, apparently they did have involvement even down to the plot. They didn't just fund the movie. The director of the movie has openly said, yeah, I went to Obama to ask him, you know, is this realistic? Like, what would the response be here? So they had so like a hands-on involvement like in the creative, movie. Creative directors or something. Yeah. Do I get my little chair with the director thing on the back? You know the chairs I'm talking about. I want the chair. Michael wants one as well. Sorry, Michelle. Make sure it's got a big back. Because he's got a big back. I mean, she's got a big back. Baby's got back. Just get the chairs. Yeah, I mean, who's to say really how much involvement the Obamas did have in the direction of this movie? But there was another thing that I saw, and I don't know how true this is, but someone took the movie file and put it into a program, and they were saying that there was actually some sound layers that weren't usually there, 
And that was the frequencies that were put out within the movie, the really high-pitched tones that were making them all drop to their knees. It was like, could there actually be some harmful frequency layers even within this movie itself? So when you're watching it, it's, it's actually affecting you in some way. Like I said, that's, that's pretty out there. I, I've just watched a small clip on it. It could be complete bollocks. But it did make me think, because I'm like, wow. Could it even be a weapon in that well, sense? We like, know, like, flashing images, like, you know, for adverts mm. and stuff. And we, you take YouTube at the moment. Every time an ad comes up on YouTube, because YouTube's just full of fucking adverts now, it's always at a raised volume. And if you notice, a lot of YouTube adverts, they speak really fast. Mm. And I feel like these, these sound waves, the way they go really quickly into your brain, almost in a scrambled Fashion. Mm. We have no articulate way of tunneling into your brain. They're going very scrambled, and you sort of, I don't know, give you a bit of brain fry. Yeah, sometimes I like find rather than like adverts having to be really sophisticated or funny or anything like that, sometimes it feels like in the age of the internet, they just want to make them as annoying as possible yeah. and as interruptive as possible. So you're forced to actually find where is that window so I can turn this bloody thing. Yeah, off where's for. that skip button? You know, yeah. it's like all they want is eyes and attention. And they found out, oh, actually, one of the most effective ways is just be, like, really loud and intrusive and annoying and, like, force you to look at it just because like, and you're like, what the fuck's this? Yeah, yeah. So they're just, it's like the whole purpose of them is just to, like, be intrusive. (laughs) Well, well, that's it. And as annoying as possible. There you go. (laughs) So another thing that's peddled in this movie is, like, climate change as well. Climate change is presented as another enemy. Like This could all be happening because of climate change and how we've treated the planet. And there's um, deers that are constantly in the movie portrayed as like nature's way of, of warning us yeah. that, that something is not right and something's coming. And like nature, and not, not just deers, like that happens like throughout the film. But I was going to say, it's almost like the deers were the first suggestion that nature will warn us first. If there's something apocalyptic about to happen, mm. don't worry, loads of deer are going to run into your garden. <laughs> and like nature's like wiser than us. And, mm. and it's because of us as well, because there's a lot of commentary within the film. Maybe we've brought on this ourselves, this kind of Agent Smith mentality of like, well, humanity is a virus and this deserves to happen to us. Climate change is almost put out there as yet another like boogeyman that could be responsible for this, as well as like the Chinese or the Russians or whoever else. But there's a lot of symbolism with the deer as well. Um, if you look at like ancient mysteries and it symbolizes like everything from rebirth, featuring as like gods and deities in like eight more ancient religions and even like Greek and Roman and stuff. Like deers are, are used a lot anyway. But there's this new like zombie deer disease that is happening in our own reality. Yeah, this uh, a- animal wasting disease that's happening over in America right now, which is strange because they have obviously deers all through the film. And even I was like, hang on, isn't there a. What is this thing going on with deer at the moment in America? Yeah, so it's like a fatal brain virus that is turning them into, like, zombie deers. Yeah, uh, well, it's meant to make them not docile, but almost in a fugue state when they don't know how to eat, uh, they forget how to almost go to the toilet. Basically, it sounds almost like dementia for deer. 
You know, there's an article here from The Man Online. Scientists fear zombie deer disease could spread to humans after first ever case of the fatal brain virus that makes animals drool and unafraid of humans was detected in Yellowstone National Park. So this is going on right now. That Yeah, they've been dubbed zombie deers and they're not afraid of humans, mm. so you should be afraid of them. Yes, it says it leaves animals confused and they could be a danger, like infecting people. It's like a chronic wasting disease. Pretty nasty stuff. And there's lots of pictures here of dead deer and people panicking. But yeah, again, I mean, we did like an episode all about zombies, didn't we? Mm. Now, now there's zombie deers. Yeah, well, they're probably going to be all right in America. I mean, they've got plenty of guns out there. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, it's zombie deer hunting season. <laughs> Yeah, as well as zombie deers, you've had a string of stories that have come out as well about billionaires and their bunkers. Been all over the news recently. What do they know that we don't? You know, they're, they're building these bunkers. But it's being presented in a way, almost like a, who lives in a house like this? It's like, who has a bunker like this? Well, it's like a fashionable thing. Like, in, yeah. In, in oh, the, look at their bunker. In the film, we got that little bunker that was within a house. But it was small, wasn't it? It was like a small... You know, it wasn't exactly like a massive bunker. These ones, these billionaires, I mean, they're not building a tiny little container underground. They're building the equivalent of a mansion Mm. underground. The bunker at the end of the movie did look like a, maybe not a billionaire's bunker, but you would have to be like a multi-multi-millionaire to have a bunker like that. that Could be a billionaire's bunker, but you're right. The ones that are being built by the likes of Zuckerberg and stuff are probably more like mini cities yeah. no but they're like mansions underground and you have to ask yourself why are they building these yeah yeah well there's a string of headlines here like survival of the richest billionaire bunkers built for doomsday and then it's got this lovely picture i mean that looks like a nice bunker yeah it's a nice chandelier bunker. like yeah. leather sofas many leather bound books <laughs> <laughs> i have many there's a headline here from metro from pools to bowling inside the bunkers where billionaires will ride out the apocalypse it's coming, is it? <laughs> but you can imagine people looking at it, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. Hey, he's got the new 4HK Ultra TV there, I can tell. Yeah, hey, love, who do you think's got the uh, best uh, apocalyptic bunker? Do you think Zuckerberg or uh, Richard Branson? Oh, I don't know, this one's nice. Oh, yeah, but this one's got a bowling alley. Like, not thinking, where am I going to ride out the apocalypse? Yeah. <laughs> Like like, people actually like, ooh. Yeah, I was looking around my small two-bedroom semi-attached house and thinking, I don't have room for a bunker in my place. <laughs> Another headline here, Mark Zuckerberg and other billionaires are building massive hidden bunkers. And there's a picture of him. It looks like he's waving goodbye to the world. Yeah, I love that. Bye part. now, I'm off. See you later. Off to my bunker. <laughs> you can rain on in the, in the apocalypse. I'll and be then- watching Friends. <laughs> and then a week of tech billionaire weirdness, apocalypse bunkers and giant space stations. See, it's a picture of Jeff Bezos. As I well. mean, this whole word, apoc- is there an apocalypse coming? I mean, I'm sorry, that's enough to just even get me a little bit worried. And no one told me where I'm riding now. And I love these billionaires as well. That like sum, sums them up, really. Apocalypse bunkers and giant space stations. Yeah. yeah. But people think like Elon Musk is like a hero. <laughs> no, he's more interested in that kind of shit. Yeah, and while he's in his bunker, riding out the apocalypse, you'll be cowering in your garden shed, waiting for the roof to cave in. <laughs> but these people worship these people. I mean, even massive sections of the alternative media are putting people like Musk 
out as a hero. Hero of re- free speech. I reckon they got to Jones, man. Alex Jones. They got they they got to Jones, man. I know. He's like like yeah. having podcasts with this guy and saying like, really oh yeah, mean. he's he's here to save us. He's like, I don't think so. Oh, he's reinstated you on Twitter. All right, you don't have to suck his dick too hard, Jones. Yeah, and he's was, a hero. And the funny thing is, David Icke's reaction to getting put back on Twitter wasn't anything like that. Musk is being put out there as a free speech hero to get everyone on board. Like he he's gonna he's another he's another saviour, the same as Trump. He's gonna save the day, so we don't have to do anything. Just like the little girl in the Leave the World Behind movie, yeah. we can just sit there and watch our favourite episode of Friends. Mm. Don't worry, like the billionaires are gonna save yeah, you. Your favourite transhumanist is taking us forward. We're, oh, we're in safe hands, and the rest of them are just in their bunkers. <laughs> but yeah, people actually think that the, these people are going to save the day. And they don't look at what Elon Musk is involved in, from like putting chips in the human brain to SpaceX, or what, like Disease X? Yeah. Anything with an X on it, mate, is yeah. bad news as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Do you know anything about that field he's trying to put over the planet Earth with the whole, with all of his rockets beaming down the new field that we're going to be part of, the cloud? We're not going to be interfacing yeah. with our environment, we'll be interfacing with his new environment and the 5g weapon system that could be setting your skin on fire or making your teeth fall out like the poor sod in this movie mm. <laughs> even with with that they left it up to your imagination because he sort of got bitten by a bug and you kind of thought well could he be a radio could he have been poisoned by a bug or what was the bug radioactive or you never got a clear answer with anything just wanted to pump that fear into you maybe not knowing that's like the biggest fear of all but it's certainly what this movie wanted to peddle Mm. and i'm sure that would be the overarching fear in real life just with the covid pandemic no one really knows what's going on and what's going to happen next i did feel really sorry for that lad when that was happening but i've got to admit at the end of it he was doing his best shane mcgowan impression (laughs) rest in peace shane but yeah the movie does try its best to discredit the idea that there is a cabal running things and this could ever be a globally orchestrated thing no it must be a terrorist group or them naughty russians or maybe the chinese but no no never your own government you should trust them although i would argue it is definitely very suggestible that we could suffer from something like a cyber attack considering how dependent we are on stuff that is cyber yeah and we're going more and more in that direction with the introduction of electric cars and smart meters and the whole cyber grid empire oh, even even as far as getting rid of cash like egan said into society when everything's just done digitally you know if we had a cyber attack at that point and there was a blackout shit you could go back to the bank next day and it just says zero yeah you get rid of cash and then suddenly you don't you lose that as even a bartering system and if everyone's just a digit on a machine, then you can be wiped down to zero pretty quickly. The same as your car might not start just because it's displaying a message that... Warning. Warning. The computer says no. <laughs> but everything does seem to be pointing towards what's being called an inevitable cyber attack. But is this just part of the plan? I mean, this could be another manufactured crisis to send the world spiralling into chaos for the powers that be to swoop down and be our saviours yet again. And it's definitely going to push the world to economic collapse if it does happen. And I'm sure they'll be able to bring in things like digital IDs much easier 
as well as all kinds of other infringements on our personal rights and freedoms, which they will jump at the chance to take away. It's also going to keep us in a state of suspicion against our so-called enemies across the world, whether it be Mm. North Korea, Russia, Russia, China, whoever. Hamas. Hamas. ISIS. You know, not wondering whether the real enemy is the one that's telling you who all your enemies are. Who have a lot to gain from this because if what they want to achieve is installing this digital prison and this slave society, then a potential worldwide cyber attack would be the way to do it. It is imminent. It is inevitable. Glass fob, the new fragrance. Inevitable. It's because I say so. That should be the slogan for it. Because he says so. Eat your heart out, Johnny Depp. hope you enjoyed that episode of the schism we've got plenty more episodes on the way in the meantime follow us on our instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies